Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ministries, great to be with you today. We are getting ready to have to make some really, really big decisions. Every one of us in our lives, we have to choose some pretty uh, interesting courses that are before us, and we continue to hear all the information and news, what's going on around the world. Uh, Daniel Seckham kind of threw out a video of a woman that was arrested at a cafe just yesterday. Uh, because the police were going from one store to the other, uh, finding out who has their vaccination information, and the woman was not readily uh, sharing that information, and so five police officers arrested her, and she was telling them, just give me a second, I'll give you the information, but because she had resisted earlier, they went forward and proceeded to take her to jail, black and blues all over her arms. Uh, This is in Queensland, uh, Australia where things have been insane and crazy, uh, kind of a preview to what's going on all over the world. The continual push for more COVID-19 testing is taking place as we speak. Uh, they're getting ready to bring, I think, 500 million uh, new test kits to this country alone, and uh, they're requesting like $2 billion. So people can be tested twice a, a week uh, for COVID-19. So again, the push is on. There's no doubt about it. And what I would like to do is I want to go through uh, this prophecy one more time, and then I want to read a message from a friend who's on our radio broadcast all the time as well. So good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. It's Thursday. Uh, I had a wonderful time yesterday with Brian and Kathy. Keep them in your prayers. Please keep Nancy Honeycutt 
in your prayers, big decisions by tomorrow for her. Uh, we need to see some improvement, some miraculous improvement in her life. And pray for the many people that you may know who are near to you, close to you, maybe far away, that you know that have been afflicted with the, these new kinds of afflictions that are showing up in people's bodies. Uh, let's keep praying and believing for the heavens to open up and God to do miracles because our God is a miraculous working God. There's no doubt about it. And um, let us pray that we're continually led by the Holy Spirit and we're doing the right thing with the right people in the right place at the right time uh, right now. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to dwell in the presence of God. So I want to go back over this prophecy. And, you know, I do deem it as that. And I'm going to lay it forth as a prophetic word. And so this, this prophecy is what we shared going all the way back to December 11th. And we're going to see if this is even beginning to show up at all uh, around and about us. So it was titled, A Day Star is Arising in Our Hearts. I'm going to take it nice and slow. We're going to bring the word of God to bear upon this as we go. And let's see what it says. There is a beacon light ready to shine for a path that leads to a refuge from the storm. And again, when, when we hear this, you know, we, we just, that supernatural, uh, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, there is a beacon light ready to shine. <clears throat> so that tells us that we need to become aware. We need to be watching. We need to be thinking. And by saying this, it's something that awakens within us the sense of things. And so if there is a beacon light ready to shine for a path, it's going to literally guide a path that leads to a refuge from the storm, that means that God is telling us that a storm is coming. We've had many storms. We get that. But in this particular COVID storm, this, con uh, this particular vaccine storm, uh, this storm of forced mandates, forced vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera, and the storm that's associated with it, passports, et cetera, et cetera, that there's going to be a way out of it. There's going to be a way into a refuge where you will not be touched by it. So even though we're sitting back and we're waiting to see where things are going with the Supreme Court and legislators and people that are pushing and urging upon all these different things, keeping it alive, keeping it going, regardless of other information, contrary facts, et cetera, et cetera, uh, this is, this is a, a brewing storm. But there will be a, an understanding and I believe that light, that beacon light that's ready to shine, is a wisdom from God. It is an understanding. It is directive. It is guidance. It shows us the way that we should go. And if we pay attention to that light and we follow that light, we will be led into a refuge and we will be kept from whatever this storm is raining down upon us or within human beings. The following word was given to me on Saturday, December 11th at approximately 7.30 a.m. So we go back to December 11th, just over a month ago, and this is what we heard. The word began with a scene in my mind. And I say that because um, it was the same kind of view as the dream of Joe Biden winning the election. And I shared that 14 months before he was elected. And I'm not saying this to just keep that going. What I'm saying is on Saturday, December 11th, 
while wide awake driving the same scene that looked so much like the dream when Joe Biden had won the election with the blue suit, the blue tie, standing in the tunnel, a little bit unnerved, something was wrong. You know, that was the exact scene in my mind on Saturday, December 11th, around 7.30 a.m. as I was driving to a location. It popped into my mind. And in the scene, I saw Joe Biden again. He was surrounded by a few people in somewhat of a dark suit. So the the people around him, there he was, and there were just a few people. They all had dark suits on. And in the scene of my mind, there was urgency. And I knew the urgency was for mandatory vaccination. I knew that. So here I am driving, got a cup of coffee over here. Uh, My eyes are wide open. In my mind, this scene comes out of nowhere in my mind. So now I'm driving, and now I saw something, and now I'm listening. I then heard these words. The acceleration of end-time events will come rapidly in 2022. The Spirit said there will be four major shifts in 2022. Now, something to think about, if there's four major shifts, there could be minor shifts in between as well. I think it's going to be a very interesting year, and it's already begun 13 days ago. Now, this is all according to the Gregorian calendar, of course. He spoke to me of the tachometer or the tachometer, which he said was a measurement of speed. So if how prophecy works for different people, for me, I'm simply minding my own business. I'm driving down the street. My whole life is about hearing from God. Everything I do is about hearing from God separating what's my imagination, separating what's my, you know, cupcake and ding-dong thoughts and ideas. It's everything, every moment, while sleeping, while awakening, hearing from God, because that's what I do. This is what my calling is, just to listen and hear. Sometimes we get it right. There's been times where we kind of didn't understand things. They worked out a little differently than we thought. But as I'm going, I'm hearing the Spirit of God in me, in my inner, my inner knower, talking to me about a tachometer, talking to me about four major shifts, showing me something with my vision of my, of my eyes of faith. And then he said that there would be the first shift would come between January 2022 and March 2022 or 2022. So January, February, March, three months, around 90 days, which is about 77 days left now. And he was talking about this shift. He said, this is the first quarter of the year. He then said the second shift would occur from April 2022 through June 2022. After this, he said the third shift would come from July 2022 through September 2022 Then the fourth shift would have come from October 2022 through December 2022. Now, the shifts that were spoken of can be likened to a race car. And that's kind of what I was thinking. You shift first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear. So there's acceleration. And this began with the idea of acceleration of end time events. That means it's connected to the Bible. It's biblical. There's got to be biblical authority to what this is revealing, okay? And so we have these shifts. He's likened it to a race car shifting gears up to high speeds. 
the Spirit told me that the Bible spoke of this in the book of Revelation in the first chapter concerning the Greek word entakos, which means with speed. Then I looked up the word tachometer after hearing what the Spirit was saying, and here's what I found. So now, so what I did while I'm driving that, month, that, that Saturday morning and I get to my destination, I've seen something, I've heard something, and that's what I heard about four major shifts. I heard about the tachometer. I heard about the, you know, the, the race car. It was all kind of connecting. Then I showed up at my destination. I'm getting involved in doing what I have to do. Later on in the afternoon, I come back. I sit down in front of my computer, and I start researching what I heard, and I, I start putting it out there. And so I did some research, and I looked up the word tachometer, and again, when I teach the book of Revelation, one of the most, and I could stay there forever, the first three verses of Revelation chapter one, I could basically quote them verbatim only because I've studied them so many times. But when it talks about uh, these things must come to pass shortly or must shortly come to pass, the phrases in there are actually talking about when the world stage is set. This is how the book of Revelation actually begins. It's like God told John to tell everybody, listen, when the world stage is set, when everything shows up on the stage and everything is ready to go, <clears throat> then these events, the book of Revelation reveals, are going to come with speed. He wasn't saying 2,000 years ago, it's all coming right now <clears throat> in our Kronos timeline, which is linear time. He was always talking about the Kairos timeline. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, when everything is ripe, when the, when the time is exactly right, God will send. You know, the prophets talked for years about the coming Messiah for 4,000 years, but there was no linear time mentioned. It would just be at a time when God said, now's the time. The book of Revelation is when God says, now's the time. But the stage will be set, and there will be uh, circumstances that are actually going to force this into view, and then when the stage is set, boom, 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 the events are going to begin to unfold, and they're going to just begin to show up, and people are going to be looking at it and go, wow, that's coming, that's coming, that's coming, and that's how that actually reads, and it's with that Greek word for shortly come to pass, it means in tacos, and when I first was teaching it in tacos, I would always say, we're not talking about tacos and burritos. We're talking about the meaning with speed, but I never thought about a tachometer until studying later. I heard somebody else mention about the tachometer and studied it out. And sure enough, it's about the tachometer. It's a shifting. It's a speed. So I knew this and I went back and I just did a little search on the meaning of the word tachometer, which is very obvious to a lot of people, but there may be a little mystery here. So a tachometer is an instrument which measures the working of speed. And why that caught my attention in the definition is because what I was hearing on that Saturday morning was this was a measurement of speed. And I never heard that before. I know it, I guess, intrinsically in my head, in my epignosis, my, my scientific mind, I get that. But I never heard the term until the Spirit said it. And that is the literal definition, which helped me to understand I'm on the right track here. It is an instrument which measures the working speed of an engine, especially in a road vehicle. Well, I love that because 
the Spirit was talking about a race car, a road vehicle, typically in revolutions per minute, a device for indicating speed of rotation. A tachometer is literally a speed measurer, said this definition, since the Greek root tach means speed. This is clear in the names of the tachyon, which is a particle of matter that travels faster than the speed of light. It is so fast that it's impossible to see with any instrument if it truly does exist. And a tachycardia, getting back to that word tachy again, is a medical condition in which the heart races uncontrollably. Since the speed that an auto tachometer measures is speed of rotation of the crankshaft, the numbers it reports are revolutions per minute or RPMs. Okay, so little technical detail, little definition. So let's, let's, put, our, let's put our thinkers together right now. December 11th, 2021, this information downloaded after seeing Joe Biden, few people around him with suits that are urgent. We've got to get these vaccinations. We've got to get the nation vaccinated. We've got to do it. It was urgency. So now comes this word, this rain, this revelation, whatever it is, about a race car and four major shifts towards that end the end of getting the nation vaccinated and what is going to happen this year to accelerate what the Bible calls the end times, the great tribulation. So let's talk about the four shifts. The number one shift between January and March, mandatory vaccinations is going to be the the conversation. According to what I saw and what I heard, This will be the main concentration during the first quarter of the year. Right around April, a new shift will occur, okay, that will concentrate on those who refused the mandate to be vaccinated. There will also be, within the first shift, new mandates that will assist in securing the ultimate goal, which is forced vaccinations. So what I was hearing was that between January and April, January, February, March, okay, those three months, the whole thing you're going to hear concentrated everywhere, commercials, news media, everywhere, every direction, vaccination. <clears throat> it's not going away. It's going to be continual. It's going to be pushed. There are going to be reasons for it, <clears throat> and that's going to be the order of the months <clears throat> within, the, within this 2022. So, we're waiting now. We're 13 days in, and what are we listening to? I'm hearing, I'm hearing both sides. It's like a contest. This is the year of the rods, the contending rods, the year of kingdoms, the year of what is right and what is not right. It's God's kingdom and the, the devil's kingdom. So there's a contending going on, okay? And this is the year that kingdom will rise against kingdom. Nation will rise against nation. A house divided cannot stand. Always keep that in your thinking, a house divided cannot stand. And in this first part of the year, these next <clears throat> these days that we're in right now, we're already beginning to see it, everything vaccination. So it's going to bring further division. Now, number two shift. So just think, and these, just keep watching. 
just keep watching from whatever perch you're, you're looking out from. Just keep watching. Are they pushing for vaccinations or is the whole vaccination COVID-19 thing going away? Is Omicron going away? Is Delta virus going away? Is it, is it petering out or is it becoming more intense? Are more people getting sick? How are they doing this? What are the numbers? What's happening? What are they saying? Uh, you're hearing the president of the United States of America pressing vaccination, get vaccination. The left is saying it. The right is saying it. The news media is saying it. Everybody's get vaccinated. But there are people that are resisting. People like J- Mr. Djokovic, the number one tennis player in the world, is saying, I don't want to be vaccinated. There are people in the, in the world that are just going, I don't want to be vaccinated. People in this country saying, I don't want to be vaccinated. It's my body. I can do with it what I want. Well, and, and, and so you know the whole story. So this is the contest, but it's going to be more forced. And then I expect in these months, between January and March, to see an increase or a urgency uh, to push more types of mandates to get to the ultimate goal of vaccination. Now, I don't think everybody's going to go for it. I just think it's going to be the push, and that's what this was saying. The second shift is persecution. Through April to June, as spring and summer begin to come forth after this winter season, those who refused the vaccinations will begin to lose their rights and benefits to enjoy societal bliss, i.e., going to a ball game shopping at the mall, going on vacation, etc. It will begin with soft persecution, but the winds will increase as the days, weeks, and months pass. And then I wrote here as we speak, because this is what I found on December 11th in the afternoon when studying, over 80% of the population in Australia have cooperated with the authorities and have been vaccinated. And that's just talking about at least... um, I forget the numbers, but you had to have a a booster shot and some other stuff. But at that moment, they already had received the vaccination with a booster shot. Okay, 80% of the population of Australia. Then I did a whole chart of nations around the world where they stood from South America to Africa to Europe, North America, all of it. Um, Tons of, of nations we'd put out there with the numbers on it. We got that from a CDC website. And you don't, can't believe all the numbers all the time. But the numbers were coming up out of some other charts that were very much like it, and the people are cooperating. And in Australia, those that are resisting are still a major problem. And in America, and I believe this is probably global, but in the, this country, uh, we're going to see people begin to be told, you can't come into this restaurant, you cannot go into this stadium, Uh, because you don't have a vaccination and you represent a threat to other people, regardless of what, you know, the, the, the narrative is, if you're not vaccinated, you're going, you're a problem. So you're, this mild persecution will begin to happen and people are going to come out of winter. They're going to want to get on with it. They want to get involved. They want to go on vacation. But this is saying that between April and June, that's those three months, That's not going to be so easy as people are used to things being without being vaccinated. Now, if you're vaccinated, you can do anything. 
You can go to the ballpark. You could go to the restaurant. You can go on vacation. You'll be wearing your mask. You'll be vaccinated. You'll have your maybe even your ID pass at this point. Only God knows uh, to show verification. So then he showed me that the number three shift, <clears throat> which will happen between July and September, so the next following three months, which would be the third quarter of the year, would be stigmatization. Stigmatization. July through September will pave the way for stigmatization. The definition of a stigma is a mark of shame or discredit. It's a stain also. So a stigma is a mark of shame or discredit. It's also an identifying mark or characteristic, the characteristic being one who cooperates or one who does not. It's of a specific diagnostic sign of a disease. Further, stigma, and you might want to really listen to what stigma is, stigmatization. Stigma is a degrading and debasing attitude of the society that discredits a person or a group, i.e. the unvaccinated in this case, because of an attribute such as illness, deformity, color, nationality, religion, or not being vaccinated. The resulting coping behavior of the affected person or group of people is equally destructive whether or not actual discrimination occurs. So in other words, when the society begins to shame the unvaccinated, when society begins to discredit them or put a mark on them or to identify them or to degrade and debase them by society's attitude, when the the people around you, kind of like, what was the movie, Um, the, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, You know, if you weren't one of them, you were the enemy. And this has all the potential of doing this. By the time we get to July, August, September, this will be in full motion. Because the mild persecution is now going to be met with, you people refuse this, and you are going to be discredited. You are going to be um, uh, degraded and debased and Uh, You're going to be put to shame and discredited. All these things are coming against these particular people. Who are they? Who are these anti-vaxxers, right? Who are they? And then this was important because whether or not this definition goes on to say a person is uh, actually discriminated against, I mean, where it literally becomes the the yellow stars on the, the Jewish people in Nazi Germany, Uh, Still, the societal thought against them creates an inward or an internal environment of their own soul that they feel discredited, shamed, uh, degraded. Um, You know, it really begins to work on them that they are the problem because the majority of the society is going to be doing what is cooperating with the forces that be to get things done. So this definition goes on to say, This perceived or internalized stigma, and I want you to remember this word, 
by the discredited person is equally destructive whether or not actual discrimination occurs. Stigma destroys a person's dignity, marginalizes affected individuals, affected with the stigma that's put on them. Nothing they've actually done, but the societal spirit, the stigma, you're marked now. You're marked as someone that's not cooperating <clears throat> with the well-being of the whole or the, the desire of the whole. So stigma destroys a person's dignity, marginalizes the affected individuals, violates basic human rights, markedly diminishes the chances of a stigmatized person of achieving full potential. Now, if you were black growing up in white America many years ago when, you know, the colors were sitting in the back of the bus kind of thing, well, they, there was a stigma on them which really prevented them and, and, and stopped them from living out their full potential as human beings, as free human beings on the earth. So the idea of that type of stigmatization will be upon those that refuse to go along with the global or the national, um, you know, movement of, come on, get vaccinated, don't resist, come forward. Well, as the people continue to resist, stigma comes in, destroys a person's dignity, marginalizes the affected individuals, violates basic human rights, markedly diminishes the chances of a stigmatized person of achieving full potential, and seriously hampers pursuit of happiness and contentment. In other words, this stigma actually goes against constitutional rights, okay? That we all have been created equal and we all have the right to pursuit of happiness and, and contentment. Well, this stigma will come against that. It's not gonna be accepted in those people. This is what the Spirit of God is revealing here. Now, in the definition, it also means, according to Webster's New World Dictionary, the short definition of stigma is a mark of disgrace or reproach. Now, sitting here on January 13th, 2022, just about two weeks into the first month of this first quarter, where we're going to be hearing much more about mandates and vaccinations, it's hard to imagine that six months from now, what I'm saying is going to become a reality. It's very difficult to even envision something like that. I mean, how could that ever be that a mark of disgrace or reproach, that a stigma from the general society will be put upon those that refuse to cooperate with it would actually exist? Already with the mild persecution, trying to shame people, no, you can't shop here, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't do that. So it already begins to marginalize them, separate them, you know, and, 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 now, and that angst is coming. And this is all demonic. It's all very spiritual. Uh, in many ways. Now, here's what I found interesting about the word stigma. You probably already know this if you've been listening to this radio broadcast, is that it is associated with the mark of the beast. We are told in Revelation chapter 13 that the number of the beast is the number of a man's name, and his number is 600, which is the C-H-I, the chi, 60, which is the Z, the X-I, which is the man's name that runs China, where this whole, and the C-H-I, the 600, the chi, short for China, right? The C-H-I. 
and then the Z, the man's name, the dictator of China, where the Wuhan virus came from and all that stuff, his name is right in that number, which is very interesting. So you have the 600, the chi, you have the 60, the XI, the Z in the Greek, right? And then the number six is the Greek stigma. So the stigma, the reproach, the identifying mark, the characteristic coming out of China, the man's name, the president, Z, the stigma. Is it coming through vaccination? I mean, it all seems to connect there, right? Well, the Z stigma is the number 660 and 6. Z stigma, the number of the man's name. The man's name is right in the number, right in the center of the number. I don't know how we can ignore that. It's really kind of strange. And that is now that if you're unvaccinated, you're to be reproached. You see, it's all coming from that direction. It's very interesting, if nothing else, something to be studied. Now, something else happens here. In that climate that we just talked about, many in the church, and I don't know how many Christians go to church in America today. I have no idea. But many in the church are going to be demonized, then dehumanized. Now, our brother, Daniel Seckham, when he was on this radio broadcast for years, and we were doing our broadcast every week, he was continually talking about the stratagem or the strategy of the left that the time would come that they would demonize people. They demonized the Jewish people. And then demonization leads to dehumanization. That now we could take you to a concentration camp and chop your head off and laugh at it because it means nothing. We could line you up by the thousands and shoot you because you're not even human anymore. We could take millions of you into gas chambers and kill you because you people, demonization does something to the mind of those who are captivated by that dark spirit, the Nazis in the case of uh, Nazi Germany, that they have no, they come to a mental place of it means nothing to murder you and kill you and send you like a dog and treat you like a dog. Now, this is in the thought of many people, not just Nazis today, but in Muslims today have this feeling towards their own women. They have this feeling towards the great Satan, the little Satan, the Jewish people, the hostility. They have already done it. So many in the church, however, this is where you got to begin to focus, are going to be demonized because we're not cooperating or for one reason or another, and then dehumanized, which puts us in the same category. If we become dehumanized to a global world government, well, that puts us in the same category as the Jewish people were in the 1940s and the 1930s. This is dangerous. All anti-vaxxers will become the target of a propaganda campaign the likes of Nazi Germany. So here was, an uh, again, something uh, being infused into this thought was now propaganda. First we had the stigma, and then we had what stigma is, and then we have this uh, demonization and then dehumanization, and it's going to come through propaganda. So we can expect 
from around July, August, September, with this campaign of stigmatization, the way that'll be most effective is through propaganda. And that's exactly what Adolf Hitler used in Nazi Germany. He used it through the media, through his own radio stations that he only allowed people to listen to. And remember, there are people that gave us the report that when Adolf Hitler was moving into power, they, he was controlling the narrative. Today, the narrative is being controlled in the United States and possibly around the world and other countries where you get knocked off of different channels, off of Twitter, off of YouTube, where the outlets of information are going for people to think for themselves and, and weigh the information. They're taking away that. I mean, that's obviously happening everywhere. So propaganda is the useful tool to, again, capture the minds of people. But I did a little research, and I've got the definition of propaganda. Propaganda is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. In this case, vaccination is the point. Okay, that's the issue, vaccination. Propaganda promotes vaccination, and it distills or quiets anything contrary to it. Okay, propaganda has the ability to demonize those that resist the agenda. Okay, expect this to come. Now, out of, there's, a, there's an individual, Garth S. Jowett and Victoria O'Donnell, provide a clear and concise propaganda definition in their book, Propaganda and Persuasion, which was written in 2014. You can look that up. They write, propaganda is the deliberate, on purpose, systematic attempt to shape perceptions. So all this propaganda that's coming out of the news media, controlling the narrative, are shaping the perceptions. They're going to shape the perceptions of the people that are vaccinated against those who are not. <clears throat> and we're seeing that show up <clears throat> in different places, on airplanes, in malls. I have my brother's telling me that he's showing up places and uh, he's not wearing a mask and they're railing on him. Wear that mask and all these different things. So they're talking about the propaganda is the deliberate, systematic attempt to shape perceptions, manipulate cognitions. In other words, your mind, your soul, your thoughts, your thinking. And if you hear something long enough, if you tell a lie long enough, people start believing it. I mean, this is, this is just understanding that we have if we're listening and learning from history. So if you tell something long enough and it's a lie, people begin to believe it. And through propaganda and through people not being protected by the word of God, they don't have another source to look to and understand what's really going on through a biblical lens. And that's what we're doing. We're looking through the biblical lens at the signs of the times and we're getting an interpretation without the word of God. Man, you're just going to constantly hear it like 1984. Every single day they were pumping narrative into every person's mind over and over and over and over until they had them believing that two plus two was three or whatever the number was. Now, they wanted to shift the reality of people's thinking. And with today's modern technology and artificial intelligence and mind control and psychosis operations and all the things that are happening already, 
I mean, very few people are actually being able to resist the, the, the resistance level against this avalanche of Antichrist invasion. Uh, people are going down everywhere. People are going under. People are going, oh, I can take the vaccination because I'm going to be, I could go on down the story. I don't want to go there right now. So anyways, these people in their book continue to say that they direct behavior to achieve a response that furthers the desired intent of the propagandist. So they are directing the behavior through propaganda. They are using deliberate and systematic uh, propaganda to shape perceptions, manipulate cognitions, direct behavior. And then, in other words, they went on to say, Propaganda is a systematic method of manipulation, and it's quite a successful one. Now, if we think that Nazi Germany, Adolf Hitler, controlling the narrative, using propaganda to stir the nation of Germany against the Jews, well, look at today's technology. If Adolf Hitler were alive today and he had access through the United Nations, let's say. Let's say this is all happening out from the United Nations. Let's say that Adolf Hitler is not just a national situation, but is now in a global position. Let's say he achieved the position of leader of the world. Well, with today's technology, with today, uh, with, with the dumbing down of the masses over the years for generation of people being dumbed down and laws shifting and things changing, which is exactly what's happened since 1960. I mean, everything that was once normal, everything that was once moral, everything that was once understood to be right and healthy for society has been taken out of the way. And that which is immoral, that which is wrong, has been exalted and promoted, and it has shifted the mind of nations and now we're living in this place where the very best are sinking in the, in the pool of perdition, and, and we have this issue. It's a very real issue. And if Adolf Hitler were here and he were to step into the power and say, okay, I'm going to use the global technology, YouTube, Facebook. I'm going to use every platform I can. I'm going to manipulate it. I'm going to control it. I'm going to censor where I need to censor. Wow, what a job he would do, right? And so... Propaganda is a systematic method of manipulation, and it's quite a successful one. Propaganda has been employed extensively in the political sphere. It's, being, it's doing it now um, to further various agendas by politicians or opposing candidates and special interest groups. Propaganda is used to highlight the negatives or positives of an idea, a person, or legislation. So the idea, the, uh, the, the propaganda to promote um, or highlight negatives or positives. So through propaganda, it's, we're going to highlight the negative anti-vaxxers and we're going to highlight the positive vaccinated people of the world. Come on, let's go. This is positive. You are resisting is negative. And that's how they highlight it through propaganda. Now, uh, they said that Hitler used propaganda extensively to promote his anti-Semitic ideas 
and his vision for Germany in a post-World War I era. Let's stop and think, because we've said it on the surface for so long, but let's go a little deeper. Do you think those beautiful German people, those beautiful German people, those beautiful people would have ever dreamed that they could have been so deeply manipulated as to encourage the Nazi regime and Adolf Hitler to give their allegiance to him, do you think they ever could have done that? you think they would ever dream that they would have been brought into that? If the German people had not been under the hypnotic spell of propaganda, demonization, dehumanization of the, against the Jewish people, if they had not received the lie through the constant download, they would have never sided with an Adolf Hitler, ever. But he was able to manipulate their minds, their cognitions, direct their behavior, hatred, anger, angst. Not all. There were a few that stood back and understood what was going on because they probably had more of a God view, more of a biblical view, some kind of view that they understood this is, this is demonic. This is wrong. And what's happening in our world right now is demonic, and it is wrong. If the world government really cared about the nations and the, the citizens of the human race, uh, we wouldn't be in this condition. There's no way we would be in this very divisive condition, proving all kinds of things, that even if you're vaccinated, you can get sick and die. Even if you're vaccinated, you can still shed. Even if you're vaccinated, you can still get other people sick. Even if you're vaccinated, even if you wear your mask, even if you do this, even if you do that, there seems to be... You know, one side, Fox News is saying it's all the same. CNN is saying, no, the more sick people are over here. Who's getting more sick? Well, only a million vaccinated people got sick, but there were two million unvaccinated. Well, that's three million dead people. Does it really matter? Something's not working. If a million people died after getting vaccinated, it doesn't work. Something's wrong. And to continue to force it, means there's another level of agenda. And when you go back to the book of Revelation and you realize that there's stigmatization in a man's name and you're living in the day where the man's name, I don't think there's ever been another man's name by the name of President XIZ in 2,000 years. But we're the generation that the man's name is right in the middle of the number, for goodness sake. And the CHI, the CHI, the first three letters for China, come on. And then the stigma that now this, this mark of disgrace, if you don't get vaccinated because of that, that it's all, it's so obvious, it's scary. This is a reality. The people of Germany would have never, but it shows the potential power of propaganda to manipulate people's minds. Every single day in our world, there has been just this constant coming down. Today in America, we literally have accepted the LGBTQ community agenda. We now live in a society, at one time, it would have been known as a cancer. Homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, bestiality, pedophilia, all these things were a cancer on society. So we had all these laws protecting our society. We never would have dreamed that we would have 
the Supreme Court of the United States of America ruling that a man could legally marry a man and receive benefits of marriage, that a woman could legally marry a woman in our society. That was unthinkable. That was preposterous. That was impossible. That was no way. And that's how everybody felt about it for a long, long time. And yet today, because of propaganda, today, which, by the way, the LGBTQ community is a perfect tool in the hand of the devil because that kind of lifestyle has always been the final thread or the final straw that breaks the nation's back when it becomes so licentious and so wicked. So now today, we live, even in the most remote parts of the country, the LGBT color rainbow flags here, rainbow flags here, homosexuals in positions of power, in the courts, making decisions, in the restaurants, ruling, reigning, everywhere. And everybody has learned, especially the church, to accept it. So don't say that the power of persuasion, propaganda, it'll never happen to me. It's already happened to the churches. Silent, basically, now about the LGBTQ community. What about abortion? We knew up until 1972 that shedding innocent blood was a really bad deal. You went to prison for both homosexuality and you went to prison for abortion. But where did these things actually get their strength from? Going back to the 1960s when the government of the United States of America declared war on God. And they wanted God out of the institutions. They wanted God out of the schools, the public schools. And this war of this government had infiltrated. It had already begun with the infiltration of communism, socialism, and all these agendas. We want rock and roll. We want pornography. We want freedom. We don't want to be a locked up, you know, chained and barred society. You know, we want expression. And so that expression came from Europe and the rock and roll. And that expression came from you know, these desires and, and, and Hugh Hefner's and all the other guys that wanted to push their pornography. And it came from uh, the, the, the gentleman that uh, Alfred Kinsley, uh, which is a well-documented case, how he was pushing in the 1950s to bring these things into society, but they had to go through the courts. And all of a sudden it happened and the people slept and the churches were offered mega churches, big stages, limelights, Admiration of men. Look, you're going to be hailed the hero, but don't speak against these things. Don't say anything. Turn a blind eye. Shut your mouth. You just go and tell those people they need to, you know, to, to repent of their sins in some cases, but don't come against the prevailing tide of allowance, pulling down those healthy laws that protect society and minds. No, don't do anything against that. And so all I'm saying is propaganda is a very powerful tool. It shaped an entire nation under Adolf Hitler to come into agreement with the dehumanization of human beings created in the image and likeness of God, the Jewish people. And they made them animals. Islam today says that the, in the Quran that Jews are like apes, monkeys, and pigs. They're not worthy of life. If you see one behind a tree, kill it. Those who follow the Quran in the Islamic world 
have a bloodthirst hatred from Muhammad in his writings in the Quran. Now, if you're an average Muslim because you were born there, but you don't follow Quran, you're probably not as dangerous because you just don't follow what it says. But anybody that follows hardcore fundamental Islam hates the Jews and hates the United States of America. And anything else is a disguise through their self-jihad, but they carry the same animosity. They have the same hate that Adolf Hitler had against the Jews and against the Americans. Okay? This is true. That animosity is probably growing in China, in the mind of the communist Chinese. It's probably growing in a lot of different directions because the Bible says in the last days, this is the hatred of Satan that he's full of fury and wrath. And so he uses the beast or the mechanisms of global government to do as much damage as he possibly can do. This is happening right now. The concentration is coming and it's going to come to Christians. And it's, it's very, if, if we don't wake up, when does your mind actually snap and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't resist this anymore. I'm tired of fighting the demonization They're dehumanizing me. They're disgracing me. I can't move about simply. I want to just go visit my family. No, they're taking that away from you too. Your children better not be an idol. Your grandchildren better not be an idol. Your family better not be an idol. You better have no idols. None of us should have any idols. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. These things are coming. And how do you prepare your spiritual muscles to be able to continue to resist the devil? If we're not resisting the devil today, when we're running with the footmen, how are we going to resist the devil when he comes with the chariots or the horses? That's what Jeremiah said. If the footmen have wearied you, what will you do in the day of the horses? The horse is coming. This is real. This isn't pretend. This isn't make-believe. The history I just reported to you was not make-believe. It was not a fantasy movie. It's reality. And it's happened in our generation. Our generation has opened the door to a global flood of satanic iniquity that has undermined people's faith, has driven them far from the truth of God. False doctrine has been promoted all over the world. Narratives of of scripture that are not even close to being real, but people say, I believe it. I believe it. And they go, it's on and on and on. And so how do you do that to millions of people? Because you hear it long enough over and over and over and you hear people that you respect and they tell you the story it's got to be right this is real your soul my soul are weighed in the balance we're the generation and you wonder are there anyone are there any of those that are still strong strong to resist The devil's number one scheme right now, according to Daniel 7, wear out the saints. I want to give you a little, I want to do a little lesson here, because I think it's, I think it's, it's apropos. Let me just um, minimize this for a moment. I want to put this out there because wearing out the saints is a huge reality. And I want to just go online. I want to go to my strongs and cords to wear out, wear out. All right. So let's see if that's in there. Daniel 7.25. Let's take a look at this. Speaking of the Antichrist, it says in Daniel 7.25, he shall speak great words. This is his propaganda. It's like Adolf Hitler 
spoke great words against the Jewish people, correct? So if Adolf Hitler spoke great words against the Jewish people, and the Jewish people's God was Yahweh, all right, he blasphemed everything of God. And what did he do? He'll speak great words against the Most High, against the God of the Christians and the Jewish people who believe in God, and, and he shall wear out the saints, wear them out. That word means, in the Hebrew, it's the belah, the belah. The word wear out means to harass constantly. Ah, harass constantly. It means, uh, in a mental sense, to afflict. I'm good with that. So, to wear out mentally over and over and over propaganda persuasion demonization dehumanization stigmatization uh reproach a disgrace a degrading attitude this is what's coming over and over and that's what adolf hitler was able to do against the jewish people until the people finally caved into it and this comes from a deeper root uh word the bala um, I don't know if it has any more of a meaning, but it means to wear out or to uh, just to waste, to cause to waste. So we don't need that definition. So, oh boy, where did I go with that one? Wow. Okay, so I want to get back to the prophecy here because I want to get into the fourth shift. I want to get into the fourth shift. So this, and we're talking about all of this becoming a reality between July, uh, August, and September. Stigmatism, you're going to see this thing begin to grow exponentially, a major shift, which, by the way, is a prophetic fulfillment of Bible prophecy. So what we're reading about here, the stigmatization, is not something outside of biblical writ. It is prophesied. Revelation 13. It's all about going against and making war with the saints who have the testimony of Jesus Christ and keep the commandments of God. So this is, this is direct warfare. So we're not outside of Bible prophecy. We're not thinking it's just coming so quickly. And in 2022, it's the, it's the four major shifts. So what is the fourth shift? <clears throat> When the devil has succeeded in wearing out through mental, you know, just continual, constant harassment, people who have resisted vaccinations, enough contradiction, many will start caving in. This supports what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that right before Jesus Christ comes, before he can come, there's got to be a falling away first. There's got to be a defection from the truth. That's in your Bible. Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica. They were all thinking Jesus was coming at any minute. He said, no, he's not going to come until. And he was writing by the Holy, writing by the Holy Spirit to a future generation that would be alive and remaining when all these things would be happening and so he said, no, 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 Christ cannot return at all until the falling away takes place, the defection from the truth. How's it going to happen? Through the constant harassment of a global world power, 
controlled by an antichrist force, because then the second thing that has to happen before Christ returns, the man of sin has to show up. So Adolf Hitler on steroids, having control not over a nation, but over the globe. That's where it's going. And he's going to come out of the woodwork. He's going to come out of the ashes. He's going to come out of this prepared place, this antichrist sitting in the wings, waiting in the wings, ready for his access and entrance onto the world stage. It's biblical. It's in your Bible. It exists. He's there waiting. All things are being set up exactly the way the Bible said. So with this constant harassment, this wearing out, many people are going to defect from the truth. They're going to cave in. They're going to find reasons why it's okay. Why is it okay to take the mark, the distinguishing mark? Why is it okay? Well, for this reason, that reason, I got to feed my kids. I got to go to school. I got to live my life. Everybody else is doing okay. They're not hurt, so I'm going to join. And this anti-vax movement here of people, if that's the case, you know, whatever that mark will be, uh, you know, I leave them to themselves. How many will actually hold on? The Bible says if the righteous are scarcely saved, what will become of those who disobey the gospel and do not believe. The righteous are scarcely, barely saved through this moment. He said that the majority, the love of many shall wax cold. The, those who once walked in Christian fellowship will betray one another and hate one another, kill one another. The Bible predicts that those who endure to the end shall be saved. How many will there be? Lord, how many will there be? Few shall find the way of life. Few shall enter into the narrow pathway that leads to life. Few will abide and endure because they were doing something before this time came to prepare themselves. It wasn't just getting food. It wasn't just getting water. It was immersing, immersing themselves in the revelation of the word of God, preparing that this time would come so that they could have the death sentence written in them. In other words, they've already seen the future of what's coming and have made a decision. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide. I'm, I'm going to lay my life down. Now, many people may feel that way and never actually get to that point. They may give up. They may think in themselves, I'll never do that. But only God knows who will actually resist, have the spiritual muscle because they've prayed, they've fasted, they've studied, they've understood. They're not caught off, off guard. They're not surprised. They have been doing certain things to try to get out of the way. This prophecy began with there is a beacon light ready to shine for a path that leads to a refuge from the storm. So everything we've been talking about is this major storm in 2022, but there's a way to a refuge out of the way. This is important. What is the fourth shift? Collapse. By October through December, 2022, a further collapse will occur in the United States as well in other parts of the world. A collapse of morality, family, 
because there will be two and one and three in one house. Mother will rise against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother, father against son, son against father. I mean, Jesus predicted that there will be a collapse of the family unit in these last days. So a collapse of morality, we're already seeing that, man. That's huge, but it's going to be further. Can you, what, what could get worse than the immorality promoted in our world today? Watch and see. I remember nearly over 30 years ago, a godly man once said, or he said it this way, the day will come when people will be openly fornicating in your streets and it will not be resisted. And he went into some further detail I, won't, I don't want to go into, but there will be a collapse of morality, family, freedom, the freedom of the people, even those that do get vaccinated, come under the power they're really not free. A lot of the Germans were not free. They were able to do this, that, and the other thing, but they were not a free people. They were under that controlling spirit. So there's a collapse of freedom coming as well. There's a collapse of joy in our nation, which the Bible supports both in Jeremiah and in the book of Revelation, that the light of a candle will shine no more. Though. The sound of joy will be heard no more. The sound of the bride and the bridegroom, the songs and the musicians, no more. There's something coming upon the society in a morbid satanic society, an atmosphere, an environment created by Satan is not a healthy one. It's not joy and songs and singing and beauty and love and affection. No, a collapse of joy is coming. People's joy is going to be zapped out of their hearts. It is a collapse of peace. There'll be no peace, etc. The world will become an impossible place for the righteous elect to live in. Even as Lot could not endure the wickedness and corruption in Sodom, so shall the elect of God be vexed daily, constant harassment, by the filthy, unfair conduct of the wicked world that shall arise. The global is coming. The Antichrist is waiting. He's going to step in. He's going to have this power. But there's going to be a vexation upon all who believe in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many are going to be crushed by the weight of it. Those that are still living are not going to be able to breathe in it. It's such a toxic environment. And this is why God told Noah, build your ark to get out of the way. It's, it's not just that, well, I'm not going to hide and run. I'm going to stand in this. No, the environment, like Sodom, was so toxic. Nobody was hurting Lot. He was living there. Nobody was beating him up, doing anything. Okay, But his soul couldn't take it because of the environmental pollutions of that day. And what God is forewarning us is that there will be like the days of Lot. Is it a toxic environment to the soul? You won't be able to breathe. You'll be longing to get out. And those angels are coming because of the prayers of Abraham to get some people out, but they linger and, you know, that's it. But you're, it's going to become like that. It's not going to be we, the American freedom, you know, patriots. The patriots, God prophesied, they are not going to succeed in just pure patriotism. Patriotism is not enough to withstand the global reality and the biblical reality. God bless the patriots. Let us go to war, but you notice they're not. There is no patriotic movement to fight against these things. 
nothing's happening. We were told a year ago, oh, they're all going to be arrested. They're all getting arrested. Nobody's getting arrested. They were saying Bill, Bill and Hillary are They're not. She's going to think about running in 2024 again. No. The toxic environment is going to become such you won't be able to breathe. And so God says there's a way out of this storm into a refuge. So the righteous who are listening are preparing for that, but they're also preparing themselves for this collapse. But we don't want to collapse inwardly. So the, the definition of collapse, I did a little study on that, means to fall down or, in, or to give way. And I think a lot of people fall down and become unconscious. I think a lot of people are going to go unconscious. And we pray to God that it won't be us. And that's typically through illness or injury. And a lot of, Ill, you know, it's all this propaganda is coming. People are going to start giving in, caving in. It means to fall suddenly and completely. Um, it's talking about to break down, to disintegrate, to suddenly lose force. Those we thought were so strong in the spirit, they lose force. They lose significance and effectiveness or worth. We thought Christians were worth something in this earth. Salt of the world. They're going to be worthless, good for nothing. Throw it on the dunghill. It's a breakdown of vital energy, of strength, of stamina. It's a state of extreme prostration and physical depression and sudden failure. This is biblical. I'm not siding with anti-patriotism, anti-Americans. They just know what the Bible says is coming on the whole earth. And it's happening. And 2022 is the year, I believe, God said, acceleration. I closed out this with this. And, and this is for the remnant. Okay? This is for the remnant. That's a scary portrayal of the future, of where we're going, what we're walking into, what this year is bringing. But I felt like the Spirit of God said, remember where we began with this prophecy. The day star that is rising, the day star, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The day star that is rising in our hearts <clears throat> will guide our path to right places within the kingdom of Christ. <clears throat> when <clears throat> the Jewish people were in Egypt, there was a land called Goshen, and there was light there. The Jewish people were able to breathe there from the oppressive atmosphere of the Egyptians. God is saying that there is a Goshen for your soul, your spirit, and your body. I know in Christ, he is our Goshen. He is our kingdom. He is our rest. He is our peace. But he's talking about an actual, physical, geographical place on this earth that belongs to the Lord. <clears throat> Just as real as Goshen was to the Jewish people. 
He said the day star, the illumination, the light, the wisdom, the word of God that is rising in our hearts will guide our path to right places within the kingdom of Christ. We are not going to be caught off guard if we pay attention to what we are hearing, seeing, and witnessing with our own eyes and ears and understanding with our hearts. If we understand the worldview through the biblical lens and we stand upon scripture, we're not going to be caught off guard. We know what's coming. We know what's happening. And, and, And we're feeling that. And then he gave me 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We also, or we have also, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed to it. So take heed to what we're hearing. As unto a light that shines in a dark place. There's darkness all around. And if we didn't have any light, we'd be caught right in the darkness. But the light is shining until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So we've got to pay attention to the light of Scripture, the light of Christ, the light of the Spirit, so that there's oil in our lamps because we're going to have to navigate through. And then it ends this way. Remember, there is an anointing for vitality. This thing that's coming is sent to wear out, to zap the strength of the people of God, so they can't resist anymore. It's like when your immune system is broken down, you cannot resist the diseases that come. And when through the constant harassment of the enemy breaks down your defenses, your biblical spiritual defenses, the enemy has access, and he could take captives. And the Bible supports the idea that many that were once saved are actually going to be taken captive and brought back into hell. The Bible actually teaches that, but we don't want to listen to that. We go along with these doctrines of, well, I'm saved and I'll always be saved. Well, he who endures to the end will be saved. From the love of many will wax cold. That's a going back. And we can support that. It's all over the Bible, but it runs concurrent with other doctrines. And it's just false. But you need to remember. I need to remember that there is an anointing for vitality, energy, and strength. And we need that right now. See, God was telling us this. And now we're getting hit and we're feeling that energy low ebb come. But God was telling us before it ever got here, there's an anointing for this. And so that anointing has to be promoted in the remnant, in the body of Christ. Remember, it's there for you. Remember, number two. There is a blessing that comes from being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. There is a spiritual blessing to being in the right environment. That is true. Remember, number three, there is oil for your lamp. Be a wise virgin and prepare for what you have heard. Being wise is knowing what God has revealed and doing something about it. Get oil in your lamp. Get more anointing, more Holy Spirit, more fire, more salt. Lord, I want more saltiness. I want more light, more glory, more strength, more Holy Spirit, more unction to function. I More. What do I have to do to get more? What do I have to do? Well, last night in our Bible study, they mentioned prayer, fasting, staying in the Word, saying no, don't go in the wrong direction. There's all kinds of things we could do to get more. 
and it's probably involving staying out of television, sitcoms, uh, you know, wasting time doing this, that, or the other thing. There's more we could be doing. You, you work a hard work, pray in the tongues. I'm telling you, don't neglect the gift of praying in tongues. I'm going to say it plainly. If you don't pray in tongues, you need to pray in tongues because the Bible says that when we pray in tongues, and you're going and praying in the Spirit, you are edifying yourself, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. If you're not praying in tongues, you cannot edify yourself. You cannot build up yourself. Pray in tongues all day long. Pray without ceasing. You can do it. Sing in the Spirit. Speak in the Spirit. Prophesy in the Spirit. Let the gifts of the Spirit take hold in your life. Yeah, there's an anointing. There's oil for your lamp. And then the final remember, do not allow your love to be overcome by fear. These are fearful times. Men's hearts melting for fear of what they see coming on this earth. The prophecy that I wrote, you could crumble it up, throw it in the trash. Don't listen to a word. About 2022, the four shifts, throw it away. However, every single thing I just spoke to you is in the Bible. It's only about the timing. It's just the timing of when will the Great Tribulation be. And we see the signs everywhere. When we look through the biblical lens, the signs are everywhere. So what I simply did and heard was this is 2022, an acceleration and it's going to begin this way, and it's going to shift into this, and shift into that, and shift into this. But it's, all those shifts are biblical. So wrap up the, the, the prophecy, throw it away, but don't throw away God's word. Don't throw away God's word. And if you can't look around you and see the things that are going on in this world today and understand how they line up with end-time Bible prophecy, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your heart. There's something wrong with your thinker. I have always, in all the years, 30 years of preaching the gospel as a full-time pastor, I've always left room for balance. For balance. And what I mean by balance is even in light of the things we know, the things we hear, the things we see, we should never be paralyzed in fear and not live an abundant life. I always believe, because my pastor taught me, Vincent, the secret to your success in your ministry will be balance. you got to stay balanced. I try to tell all the pastors I meet, stay balanced. But balance is not compromise. There's a big difference. Balance is not double-mindedness. Balance is not compromise. Balance, okay, this thing is coming, but there's another side of this. Even though these things are coming does not mean you go into fear and you, you shrivel and die in paralysis. No. To me, it means live even more out loud. Live, build, preach, prophesy. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark, what he did for 100 years, 
He preached. He was telling the world. He was out there. He was building. He was working. He was laboring. You don't stop living. And even when you enter into that ark, that prepared place, that refuge, that Goshen, you're still going to live there. Thank God there's a place to go. You don't shrivel up in paralysis. You live and you receive and you give thanks to God for the food on your table, for the family that loves the Lord that's with you. You give thanks to God for the shelter over your head. You give thanks to God for the health you have in your body. You give thanks to God for the money you have to take care of things and to prepare and to help others along the way. You thank God for your talents. You thank God for your skills. You thank God that you still have a mouth and a voice that you could talk to a sinner. And remember that when one sinner repents, all of heaven is filled with joy. You don't have to lose your joy. You don't have to lose your peace. You don't have to lose any of those intrinsic values when we were sharing over here in that particular shift that there's going to be a collapse of morality. You don't have to have your morality collapse. Your family doesn't have to collapse. Your freedom in Christ doesn't have to collapse. Your joy, your peace, none of that has to collapse with you. These are things God is saying. The last time I checked in Isaiah, behold, arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. It's one day, two sides. They're both real. And people choose what side of the day they're going to be on. The gray area is getting wiped out. And you're either going into darkness or you're going into light. Does that mean we're always going to have the freedom to move about? The freedom to just go and do like we've always done? I don't think so. I believe a time will come. And I believe it's kind of now-ish. God will say, enter in shut the door, and don't go out anymore. If he said that today, I fear that there are many people that aren't even nearly prepared enough to do such a thing. Come out of her, my people. Flee the midst of Babylon. My friend Dr. John Price wrote a book about the end of America. And it's a hundred and something scriptures. I forget how many scriptures he uses where God in the last days is telling his people, flee Babylon. Flee out of the midst of Babylon. Get out of the system. Get out of this nation. Get out, get out, get out. And people today just are so unfamiliar with those terms. Get out. Go where? You have to find that place that God has directed you to. And you, you become a part and you prepare and you get ready. And, and your conduct and your your, your, your way of dealing with the community of believers is so important. The last thing, my God, that people want to get into is, is people coming involved and their attitudes haven't been sanctified. Their conduct is not godly. I mean, it's just you don't want to have an environment with people that are unsanctified. And I believe that the purpose of the Great Tribulation is really for unsanctified souls that never dealt with their spots and blemishes or wrinkles. And the Great Tribulation is going to do a great cleansing. <clears throat> so I believe 
whether it's me, whether it's you, that we will be led by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and he will direct us into that refuge. Is a day star rising. So that's what I had to share today. I don't know where we're at here, but let's um, just kind of take this out of the way and uh, say good morning to a lot of people that are joined on the air with us right now. I see a lot of people there. Good. God bless you on Blog Talk Radio. I see a call coming in. We're going to take that call. And so let's just begin right there, and then we'll get to the chat room in just a little bit. Area code 605-695. You are on the air. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Good morning. It's Hartford, South Dakota calling. Hello, Hartford, South Dakota. Love you guys. Yes. Yes. Okay. This was wonderful. The information, what the Spirit of the Lord has revealed. And even today, myself, I was reading an article how that the propaganda is coming forth now on the climate control thing, the global warming, and they've already had a session in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, and there were many members of other nations that joined in. Biden, Prince Charles, the French President, Emmanuel Macron, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau. Yes, I hear you well, and I think everybody else is hearing you now. So, yes, you're good. Okay. Don't change anything. All right. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, all this that is happening there has to do with the socialists that are gathering together with on this climate troll thing. And that is totally, completely listed if people want to learn about that, how that's brought together. It's in the Eagle Forum report. And there was a, a woman by the name of Phyllis Shafley, and it's her daughter that writes this paper every month. Now, the sad part about this whole thing is there were journalists there, and they were asking the, some of the people that were also attending, such as Al Gore and others, and they said, uh, they wanted to know their opinion of this. And here's what they said. We are socialist. And I, they all said, we are socialist and from all over the world. And they said, the problem is capitalism, which our country is. So the bottom line is this on that. John Kerry promised the United Nations $100 billion plus a whole lot more money. So we know where this is going. So we know that this is all part of the beast system, which is the Antichrist behind it. That's one thing I wanted to mention. And then the second thing is when you brought out in the Bible about uh, what is going to come upon the people. You know, this is a kind of a question too, Brother Vincent. You know, David, the psalmist, as a king himself, when Saul, he hated him, didn't he? And, and I mean, at first he, he liked him, and then he turned against him. And I think 
this is what we have to watch out for. He's ahead. People that we think are for us, they could possibly turn against us. That's why the discernment of the Holy Ghost is so important. And I believe that God is going to have a remnant. And then another little tidbit or whatever you want to call it. I believe that the day will come, like you said, after these four shifts are done in the earth, that the spirit and the bride will cry, Abba, Father, come Lord Jesus, because the King Jesus will come to rule and reign. That's it. That's awesome. That's great sharing, and I I deeply appreciate that. And I love that information. It just confirms the Word of God. And, uh, Kathy, thanks for sharing it. And thanks. What's the temperature up in South Dakota right now? Well, today it's going to be about 30. But tomorrow we're having a snowstorm. We're going to get eight inches of snow, and it's going to be cold. Well, stay warm out there and stay safe and stay healthy, okay? And uh, God bless you and Ken and all your family and friends up there. We are simply running out of time right now uh, on Blog Talk Radio. If you want to stay with us on Facebook and YouTube, we'll go on the extra mile. Uh, There's some great comments right now coming in on the the chat room, and I wanted to share some of them. Uh, I saw this morning that our sister Charlotte Gotch is with us today, and uh, Brenda Torville, and Paul Jack, and Melissa Fletcher, and Autumn Nichols, Dave Ellison. Uh, Terry's with us today. And to each one of you, God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this has been a, 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 an awakening, a, a blessing for you. Uh, the chats began with um, Terry, and who says, good morning, Pastor. It's Terry Jean. Got a 30-day ban from Facebook for sharing Project Veritas report that shows Fauci funded the COVID bug, and they knew ivermectin and hydrochloroquine worked. Okay, well, suffering for doing what is right, it's a good thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, Can see how Revelation is correct. America is Babylon the Great. Yeah, a lot of people believe that. So do I. Uh, And made the whole world drunk. uh, Decrept our technology. Gene splicing. Corrupted the whole world. Pharmacia. Vax. You got it. Uh, Kevin Hauger says, good morning. Uh, And Joyce is saying good morning. Good morning to both of you. Um, also, Terry says, yesterday, listening to Stu Peters talking about Australia building more COVID camps, still voice suggested, not just for Aussies, but Americans shipped out, couldn't shake thought. Interesting. Yep, it's happening. Uh, Kevin Hauger, there was a time that if people told the police that their neighbor was loony, now if they turn them in for not being vaccinated, they will not only label them, but if they have weapons, take them. Hmm. Families will turn in their members to get them jabbed to be like them, said Kevin. I believe that as well. I believe my sister-in-law would. She is all in for uh, for masks, et cetera. How much more decrepit can you get than normalizing pedophilia? USA Today paper had to delete a tweet because they got so much flack for it. Uh, Joyce Young, you are teaching us truth that I want to appreciate about you. Pastor Vincent, well, thank you, Joyce. God bless you. Propaganda. Operation Mockingbird also had a facet called clergy response teams. That was to push a government-sponsored doctrine. Welcome to your 501c3 government church theology. A very wise individual knows a little bit more than the average person. Praise God. Cindy Messman. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning, Cindy. Autumn Nichols. We have to exit and build. Exit the systems we are already slaves to and build our own. You're right on. 
And I, again, do know Ken Uftergrave, met him. I know that there's a lot going on out there at the Ark Haven, and uh, they've got that publicized. And um, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Shirley Woosley, good morning. Good morning, Shirley. Diana Langford, good morning, Diana. God bless you. And uh, we love you all very much here. And Kevin, no, uh, okay, so we're good. All right, so we're going to have to say goodbye right now. We have come to a point where what do you do with the information you just received? What do you do with what you heard? What do you do? Well, if you believe it, okay, if, you, if you've already been to prayer and it's only a witness and a confirmation, if you believe it, we need to continue to dialogue off the air, off the air. We need to have some gatherings. And we need to chat and talk. And if you are thinking that it's time to exit Babylon and get serious about preparation and community and all those things, make sure you contact us. We'll be more than happy to talk with you and uh, see what we all come up with by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And may the power of God guide your life. May the power of the Holy Spirit guide your life. May the wisdom of God guide you. See, for me, this is wisdom. This is God's word. Every day is going to be very interesting. It's hard to believe, but you know the good news behind all of this? The good news is that there's only a limited amount of time for the adversary to war against the elect of God. There's only three and a half years allotted. That's a long time when it's kind of a hard territory, unless you're in the wilderness with the woman that was given two great wings as an eagle to fly into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared for her and is nourished for three and a half years. That's also a mystery secret in the Bible. You must be led by the Holy Spirit of God. You must be in environments. You must check out. You must search out. You must pray, Holy Spirit. You must pray in the Spirit. You must become so familiar and, and, and search out. It's supposed to be. You don't want to be out there running around not knowing. You want to get into that prescribed place by the one who loves you. You have to follow your shepherd. In Australia, it is weird. It is weird. You wonder how people are really doing it. What's it really look like? Oh, we're, we're going to ride out the storm. Eventually it's going to go. Gosh, it's, they've had over 80% of their population, you know. But I guess the only way it'll be good is if you join the club. And that's not what the elect of God do. That's not what the remnant do. They don't join the club. They do what they believe is right by their own conscience. They don't let anybody force anything. Unless they get caught in the snare, then all kinds of things are forced upon you. Just ask the Jewish people how the Nazis forced them into all kinds of things they never would have agreed to. So you don't want to get caught in the snare. Jesus said, like a snare, it will come on the whole earth and they will not escape. So if we're not in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, and we get caught, be led by the Holy Spirit of God and enjoy the journey. Because immediately 
after this global great tribulation, Jesus promised he was coming. And I believe he's going to keep his promise because he's not a man that he can lie. The Lord will return after this great global tribulation. Not before, no secrets, immediately after. The dead in Christ shall rise. For those who die during the great tribulation, having honored their faith in the Lord, they're going to resurrect. They're coming back to life again. Death has no power over the resurrected. We are the children of the resurrection. If we happen to be alive and remaining and we made it through that period of time at the return of the Lord, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and we shall all be changed. Those who are resurrected from physical death and those who are changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're all going to be changed into immortal bodies. We are going into the eternal realms of God's glory with bodies that can never die. We get glorified bodies, no more shame, no more pain, no more hurt, no more aches and pains, no more suffering. We are getting ready to go into the glorified realm, and then we're going to be ruling and reigning on this earth for a thousand years. These are the promises of God. So what we have to go through and be faithful to the very end, don't give up now. Don't throw in the towel now. Don't go and just start saying, well, the Lord delays his coming, so I'm going to start doing this. No, stay focused. You're in something. Stay focused. Get a clearer vision. Get a clearer picture. Widen your view. See through this lens of Scripture and be amazed and marvel that you're in something that was written thousands of years ago. That's amazing. And love like you've never loved before. And serve like you've never served before. And care like you've never cared before. Even for lost souls. Still one sinner that repents will cause the whole of heaven to rejoice. Pastor Jeff Bass, good to hear from you. He says, time to flee to the mountains. Spirit fed, spirit led. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Resurrected life. You shall never perish. You who are faithful to the end, you will be transported, your soul and spirit, into a new body. This physical body is going through transfer. It's going back to the dust from which it came. God has prepared a new body for spirit and soul that's connected to the divine that can never die, that will last throughout everlasting eternity. Come on. Can you imagine? And if we really believe that word, that promise, suffering now is a little. Paul the Apostle said the Momentary afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the eternal weight of glory. He said the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the eternal glory that shall be revealed in us. So these are light momentary things. Should we, like Esau, give up our inheritance for a pot of beans? God forbid. Stay the course. Become more Christian than you've ever been before. 
You know, you can become the greatest Christian that the world has ever known if you want to. If you want to study this word and pry into Jesus, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, get filled with the Spirit, live by faith, have a childlike faith, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, walk in the kingdom and the authority and the power of God, fearless, you can do it. You might be walking through the nation shouting repentance to the world. Who knows what God wants to do in your life? Live. Live an abundant life right now. Don't be afraid because even if death comes, if we're connected and we're in with the Lord Jesus, it has no power. We get to go to sleep. Some of us are absolutely exhausted right now. And we would use a good sleep or be present with the Lord in the spirit realm. To be in paradise with the thief on the cross. The very day he died, he was in paradise having a good meal with some good friends. Wow, paradise. I don't want to go to a place where I wake up in hell and torment and the worm never dies and eternal destruction and damnation because I didn't honor the Lord. No, 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 no. It's not worth it. Was the pot of beans worth it, Esau? Nothing's worth it. Sin is not worth it. Momentary pleasure is not worth losing eternal riches in God's glory. Apprehending the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Being with God, hearing Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. Well done. You stayed the course. You really proved your love for me as I demonstrated my love for you. You are my bride. You are my temple. You are my bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You are all of that to me. Don't you want to hear those words? Good job. With a big smile on his face, good job. Well done. You didn't give up. You didn't give in. You stayed the course. Your meat was to do the will of God. Your meat your strength, your life was to do what God loves you to do. And you found that. And as you were seeking first the kingdom of God, he made sure that you had everything you needed to get through the season. Well done. Well done. You conquered yourself. You picked up your cross. You died to yourself. Well done. You put others before yourself. Well done. That's what we want to hear. There's nothing, nothing on this side of eternity that's worth losing that. Nothing. Nothing. Thank God for everything in your life. Be content wherewith what you have. Give him praise. Glorify his name. Thank you. You know, in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, if you remember Jimmy Stewart in that old rickety house they lived in, when he'd walk up the stairs, that little knob on the banister would always fall off. And when he was really angry in one of the scenes, he took it and he wanted to throw the thing. He was disgusted with it. <laughs> when he finally came back and he was full of joy and he was running up the steps and it came off, he kissed it. And he said, oh, this is great. <clears throat> what if we just be begin 
to learn how to value the things that we're upset with, the things we don't like, things that frustrate us and we're disgusted with. What if we just said, you know, this is great. This is, even this is great. Sing. Sing unto the Lord. Make melody in your hearts. Paul the Apostle was in prison, blood dripping off his back, whipped with his friend. They started singing songs in the midnight season. I heard a minister just this morning talking about a man that puts things into the furnace and the potter. And the potter, when the thing was cherry red, he would open the door and he would flick it with his finger. And if it sang and made a noise, he would bring it out. But if it didn't sing, he slammed that door shut again and waited till it get hotter. And the moral of that story was, when you're going through a fiery trial, sing unto the Lord. Praise his holy name. Worship the king of glory. Just praise him. In all things, give thanks to God. When we learn to do this, we're now maturing. We're growing up. And this is so important for the time we live. It would be very easy to say at this moment, gee, I sure do hope we have more time and that acceleration is not going to happen in 2022. But I'm not so sure we do. So make use of every single moment of the day. Live one day at a time on purpose to be further conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Serve more, do more, love more, care more, prepare more, be focused one day at a time. Confess wrong attitude, repent of bad behavior, don't touch sin, pray the prayers of God, lead me not into temptation. Stay the course. Read scripture. Quote it in your mind. Have it in your heart. Have it in your mouth, your lips. We're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Get around people that are walking this way, man. They will be nothing but encouragement to every one of us. And every one of us need to be encouraged by the other. And I pray to God that this time on the air that we've had together has been an encouragement to you in spite of the hard things that are said. And that somehow you will take these things in your own private life, your own private world between you and God and the people that you love and you're surrounded with, and you'll do something positive with what you've heard today and what you've heard for years if you've been following this ministry. I pray we have been an encouragement to you in all the areas of your spirit, soul, and body, your life, because that's all that really matters to be encouraged and encouraging the body, edifying the body to get up and get on. And you know what? Even if it weren't the last days, you know what would be just as dangerous and why this word would have to be preached? You'd have to say, watch out for luxury. Watch out for getting soft. For 2,000 years, the message of Jesus, stay sober, be alert, watch, pray. Not just in the last days, 2000. Every generation of believers was told, watch out because the devil comes in so many different forms of seduction. In the Garden of Eden, there was no end time battle and vaccinations. Let's just don't eat that tree. So the devil comes, eat the fruit of it, and, and seduces. The church has always got to be on guard against seduction. 
and in our own hearts, our own minds, our own souls. May God help us. May God speak loudly to us, even if it's in a whisper. Sometimes a whisper could be really loud. May God help us, each and every one of us. I've got to run. God bless you. Have a super blessed day. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.